This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Yo, 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 what's up? Welcome again to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This is episode number 77, entitled, Who or What is the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? As always, the Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. I appreciate you so much for joining us today. My name is Dustin Smith. As always, I am your host. I spent many episodes exploring God and Jesus from many different angles, but very little attention has been given to the Holy Spirit. Who or what is the Holy Spirit? God's Spirit seems to be very personal, but does that make it an actual person? The Spirit sometimes speaks and talks to people. Does that point to the personhood of the Spirit? The New Testament writers sometimes mention the Holy Spirit with the Father and the Son. Does this indicate that the Spirit is a distinct person from the Father and the Son? And what about the resurrected and exalted Jesus association with the Holy Spirit, sometimes seemingly described as the Spirit of Jesus? What are we to make of that? Despite the oversimplification that is often made, the subject of the Holy Spirit in Scripture is surely complex. No doubt about it. So for the next few episodes, we will look into the Holy Spirit in order to see how a better understanding of it, or of him, might shed some light in our understanding of God and Jesus Christ. This episode will begin our study by offering a broad survey of the Holy Spirit within the Hebrew Bible, the Christian Old Testament. So, without further ado, let's dig into the text. The first thing I want to do is look at some basic definitions. So that will be our first point. The most basic meaning of Holy Spirit within the Hebrew Bible, as admitted by all modern Bible dictionaries, is that of effective divine power. God's effective divine power. The Hebrew noun ruach, which is grammatically feminine, often carried with it, no pun intended, the sense of wind and its blowing force. Furthermore, God's powerful wind was also regarded as his life-giving breath, God's own breath. So between God's powerful spirit, wind, and breath, we have the bare-bones definition of the Holy Spirit within the Hebrew Bible. It is regularly portrayed as just another way of God himself effectively working in the lives of his people and within his good creation. There are some passages to where the Spirit is synonymous with God himself. Let's look at a couple passages here in 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel 16 and verse 14, it says, Now the Spirit of Yahweh departed from Saul. But then down in 1 Samuel 18 and verse 12, it says, Now Saul was afraid of David, for Yahweh was with him, but had departed from Saul. So there in 1 Samuel 16 verse 14, we have the Spirit of the Lord departing from Saul. And then in 1 Samuel 18 and verse 12, we have Yahweh himself departing from Saul. Thus, it seems to indicate 
that the Spirit of the Lord is really the Lord himself operating in spirit. Moving on, we can look at how God's breath is sometimes set alongside God's spirit, and they're so closely intertwined that they're effectively the same thing. Let's look at how the Hebrew noun ruach was understood as God's breath and even portraying it as coming from God's nostrils. In Exodus 15, verse 8, it says, At the blast of your nostrils, the waters were piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a heap. The deeps were congealed in the heart of the sea. So there we can see that God's spirit is kind of understood as God's breath. In 2 Samuel 22, and verse 16, we have a similar thing. Then the channels of the sea appeared. The foundations of the world were laid bare by the rebuke of the Lord at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. That's 2 Samuel 22, verse 16, to where we have the rebuke of Yahweh, which is further defined as the blast of the breath of the Ruach of God's own nostrils. Moving along, Job chapter 4 and verse 9 says something similar. By the breath of God they perish, and by the blast of his anger they come to an end. That's Job chapter 4 and verse 9. There we have the blast of God's anger, further defining God's own breath. There being God's breath is the blast from his nostrils. A similar thing can be found in Psalm 18 verse 15, which says, Then the channels of water appeared, and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Yahweh, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. Psalm 18, verse 15. There again, the rebuke of Yahweh is further defined as the breath, the ruach, of God's nostrils. God's breath is effectively God himself rebuking. And finally, in Isaiah chapter 40, and verse 7, it says, The grass withers and the flower fades. When the breath of Yahweh blows upon it, surely the people are grass. There, God blowing is God's breath blowing upon the flowers and upon the people. That's Isaiah 40 and verse 7. So that's enough evidence to demonstrate that God's breath is defined as his spirit. And sometimes we actually have the two of them set in synonymous parallelism. Look in Job chapter 33 and verse 4, which says, The Spirit of God has made me and... The breath of the Almighty gives me life. That's Job 33 and verse 4, where we have God's Spirit creating the writer, and of course the breath of the Almighty giving him life. Their spirit and breath are set as synonymous terms, the spirit there being ruach, and the breath as another Hebrew noun, nishma. Moving along, Job chapter 34 and verse 14 has much of the same. It says, If he should determine to do so, if he should gather to himself his spirit, even his breath. It's Job 34 and verse 14, where God's spirit is plainly defined as God's breath. Breath and spirit are effectively synonymous terms. Sometimes God's Holy Spirit is just another way of talking about God himself. 
It's as if they are one and the same rather than two distinct things. In Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 1, it says, Woe to the rebellious children, declares Yahweh, who execute a plan, but not mine, and make an alliance, but not of my spirit. That's Isaiah 30 and verse 1, to where in the parallelism we have the people, the rebellious children, who execute a plan, but it's not God's plan, and they make an alliance, but it's not of God's spirit. There we can see that God himself, speaking practically in the first person, is set in parallelism with God's spirit. The spirit is effectively Yahweh himself. We have much of the same in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 13, where God says, Who has directed the spirit of Yahweh, or, as his counselor, has informed him? That's Isaiah 40 and verse 13, to where him, that particular pronoun referring to Yahweh, is set in parallelism with the spirit of Yahweh. Yahweh's spirit, the Holy Spirit, is effectively Yahweh himself. We can also see that the Holy Spirit within the Hebrew Bible sometimes refers to God's hand, the hand being an anthropomorphization of God's own interaction with the world. Particularly in the prophet Ezekiel, the Holy Spirit is set as synonymous with the hand of Yahweh, demonstrating his interactive involvement within his creation. Let's look at a few passages in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 14 has the prophet speaking, saying, So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I was embittered, in the rage of my spirit, and the hand of Yahweh was strong on me. That's Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 14, to where the spirit picked up Ezekiel, and the hand of Yahweh was strong upon Ezekiel. There, the hand of Yahweh is just another way of talking about God's spirit, God's interaction within his creation. Moving along, let's look at Ezekiel chapter 8 and the first three verses. It came about in the sixth year, on the fifth day of the sixth month, that I was sitting in my house with the elders of Judah sitting before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell on me there. Then I looked, and behold, a likeness as the appearance of a man. From his loins and downward there was the appearance of fire, and from his loins and upward the appearance of brightness, like the appearance of glowing metal. He stretched out the form of a hand and caught me, by a lock of my head, and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem. That's Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. There we can see that the Spirit lifted up Ezekiel in this prophetic trance, and the Spirit is described as the form of a hand that reached out and grabbed his hair. There, the Spirit of God, God's Holy Spirit, is described as his hand, a way of God interacting with Ezekiel in a very real and powerful way. Later in Ezekiel, in some of the more highly prophetic passages, we can see in chapter 37, much of the same. Ezekiel 37 being the passage about the dry bones and the resurrection of the nation, says this, the hand of Yahweh was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit 
of Yahweh and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. This is Ezekiel 37 and verse 1, where again, the hand of Yahweh, Yahweh's own hand, was upon Ezekiel, and it was described as the spirit of Yahweh. Yahweh's spirit is effectively another way of talking about God's hand, God's interaction with the world and with his people. That's very clear there in Ezekiel 37 and verse 1. And lastly, we have some passages within the book of Psalms where God's Holy Spirit is set in parallelism with God's own presence. The spirit being interacted with was understood by the various psalmists as God's own presence. Look here in Psalm 51 and verse 11, where it says, Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. That's Psalm 51, verse 11. There we can see that God's presence is just another way of talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's own presence. The Holy Spirit is not a separate thing from God. It's God's very presence in and of himself. Much of the same can be observed in Psalm 139, where it says, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? Psalm 139, verse 7. There again, the psalmist is wondering how he can run away from God's Holy Spirit, and how can he flee from God's presence? Very clearly there, the Holy Spirit is the very presence of Yahweh himself. So, in conclusion, we have observed that the Holy Spirit within the Hebrew Bible is portrayed in a multifaceted manner. The Holy Spirit is not static. Rather, it conveys a variety of functions involving God's interaction with his good creation and with his faithful people. We first noticed that the feminine Hebrew noun, ruach, primarily denoted God's spirit, God's breath, and God's wind. Second, we surmised that when the Holy Spirit was with or upon an individual, that this was effectively stating that God himself was with said person. Third, we observed that the close interaction between the Spirit and God's breath appeared in nature and in God's working in the history of Israel. Thus, the Spirit and breath of God were connected so strongly, especially in verses about creation. The two are spoken of as effectively synonymous terms. Fourth, God sometimes speaks in regard to his spirit as if it is God himself, indicating the same person rather than being two distinct persons. Furthermore, God's spirit could be anthropomorphized into his hand, describing God's own working with his people. Lastly, the Holy Spirit was regarded within the book of Psalms as the very presence of God himself. A reasonable summary, based on what we've observed, would be to characterize the Holy Spirit within the Hebrew Bible as the powerful 
and personal presence of God himself working within his good creation. I'm going to repeat that. The Holy Spirit within the Hebrew Bible is the powerful and personal presence of God himself working within his good creation. There is no indication that the Holy Spirit is a conscious person alongside God, despite the Spirit exhibiting very personal characteristics. The Holy Spirit is very personal. We can't remove ourselves from that. We can't ignore that. To experience the Spirit of God is to effectively interact with Yahweh as Spirit. But how does this develop in the New Testament with the coming of Christ and his exaltation? Find out in the following episodes of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. If you enjoy the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, please consider supporting us. You can check out this episode's description for a PayPal link. Thank you so much for listening to us today. Again, my name is Dustin Smith. Until next time, you folks take care.